Welcome to Let's Face the Facts. I'm David Almeida, and I'm your host for this rewatch podcast for the classic sitcom, The Facts of Life. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida, and every week I invite an actor or artist friend to watch an episode with me. Join us as we synopsize, analyze, criticize, and ultimately idolize the show. Hey guys, welcome back. It's another week, another show. Thank you for downloading and pressing play. My guest this week is Matthew Arter, and it's another humdinger of a lot of inappropriate discussion and all kinds of other fun stuff. Now, before we get started, a couple things. First, I want to give a couple of special shout-outs. One of them is to a tutti-frutti of mine. Her name is Jamie E. Hi, Jamie. Jamie, you know why I'm giving you a shout-out. And I got two very sweet emails from Trisha G. and Becky K. Thank you guys for writing in to me. It was so sweet of you. And it got me wondering, I mean, for for all of you out there, do you guys have questions? Are there like, is there a, a need for viewer mail? Do you guys have any thoughts or questions about how I make the show, how we record the show, or any behind-the-scenes things? Uh, send me an email, facethefactspod at gmail.com, and uh, maybe I might answer them if I think there might be any interest or entertainment value. Anyway, let's get to this week's show, why don't we? Matthew Arter and I watched Season 6, Episode 25, called Bus Stop. And the original air date was May 8th of 1985. So let's do this and jump on in. Let's face the facts with Matthew Arter. Well, look who is back on my Zoom screen. David, Matthew, oh, my God, I am so excited because you called me for something other than a shitty talkaholic show. And I don't <laughs> mean that. No, I don't mean that our show is shitty because our show is brilliant and people should definitely pay you money to hear it. But um, we always have to watch shitty stuff. So I was happy to watch the girls. <laughs> I'm glad. Oh. I'm glad. So you don't consider this to be a shitty episode. Oh, I didn't say those words at all. I was just okay. happy to see the girls. <laughs> I'm glad. And honestly, it's good to see Mrs. Garrett again, too, to be back here uh, with Mrs. Garrett's grand return to the show. She hasn't been here in what, four weeks? For a good four or five, if not. I mean, there were six episodes I think she did. Bitch took six weeks off of work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Left early. Uh, as I like to think of it, this is a landmark episode, Matthew, and that's why landmark episodes always need you to be here to navigate with me. I just uh, wish I had gotten time to do my usual lightning service um, of background work, but that's going to happen in like two episodes, David. We're about to burn uh, animals to the ground. <laughs> this is essentially the final narrative Edna's Edibles episode. Next week, we have the interview show. And granted, Mrs. Garrett does conduct her interview in inside the store. That's a whole different show. This is our last narrative story at Edna's Edibles. And we do not have any clue what is coming. Do you think they did? Do you think they had any idea? I don't know, but that just makes me think about the like how they say, like, you never know when it's your last time doing something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like stupid things. Like, I don't remember the last time 
I slept in my own bed in my parents' house. You know, I didn't oh. think about it. Yeah. It's it's very weird because particularly with the interview show coming up and as I've been harping on all season, the whole thing of them broadcasting the episodes and shooting them out of order. The interview show next week, the season finale is actually number 12 that they shot of 25 episodes. It was the 12th episode that they so recorded. Then you need to look up what was the last episode they recorded, because that would be the one to ask the question, did they know that Edna's Edibles was going to burn to the ground? Or did they know? I don't think they did, because Edna, I don't think, had decided she was going to leave yet. Had she? I Well, I mean, I think she was starting to feel out whether she could step away or, you know, be less involved. Um, but yeah, last week was the final show taped for the season. It's Lonely at the Top, which is just any, it's like any other episode. Blair's dad's around. Uh, so they you went know. on vacation and wouldn't see Charlotte again until they came back. When she left six weeks ago, Correct. they were going to see her for another six or however many weeks the summer is. Yeah, it was, yeah, we, we've done 20 episodes together, girls. Peace out. And she's gone for the final six, and then they go on hiatus. And it's fascinating to me if they had taped the interview show last or towards the end, that would indicate to me that they were thinking, this could be the series finale. Like, we don't know that we've been picked up for another season. And we so, don't know if Edna's gonna stay. Exactly. So I feel like the interview show if I'm remembering it correctly, I haven't watched it yet for, for this. In my brain, there's a sense of, couldn't the interview show have been the end of the whole series? And couldn't that the series- just hit me, David. That, couldn't? Because now it's becoming the over our heads era. And a lot of people say that that's when it jumped the shark. Mm -hmm. Even though season nine, I just read somewhere, season nine were the highest ratings of the show. Like it was still- Oh, yeah. The most watched episodes anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. They, the, the network wanted to keep it going. They wanted a 10th season. And it was the girls, I think, particularly Mindy and Nancy, who were like, come on, we're, we're done. Come on. Yeah. But a lot of people say that that's when it jumped the shark for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So some, some people do say that. Some people do. Yeah. What a great final episode that would have been. Had the series ended with the interview show. And that's just it. You hear these stories like um, Community was, it was Critical Darling, just wasn't pulling in the ratings that satisfied the network. So I feel like Community had two series finales and then it still went on. Like they would still get the phone call late that, oh, uh, remember how we told you we weren't picking you up again? We're picking you up. And they're mm. like, but we, we ended the show. It's what, <laughs> what the fuck? And uh, so I get that sense. I'll, I'll have a better idea and I'll talk about it more next week when I actually do watch this whole show in its entirety again. But, um, but right now, this is uh, really interesting because at this point, this is Charlotte Ray's final show that she recorded. They were like, okay, you're taking off the last six episodes for the season. Natalie's got to graduate. You need to be there for this. So they did have the foresight to go, let's get the Natalie graduation episode taped and done before we lose Charlotte. And um, 
Yeah. And, and the other bigger question is, at this point, when they went to hiatus after season six, did they know that Over Our Heads was going to happen? Did they think we might be back and we might be back as Edna's Edibles? Was it later that someone said, well, if Charlotte's leaving, maybe we need to mix it up? Was, was Charlotte Ray's decision to want to step away? Is that what drove the Over Our Heads to be more youthful and or was that storyline what pushed Charlotte Ray was like, this is getting too young for me. This yeah. I look ridiculous in this set, like in her head. I didn't think she did. It never dawned on me, but like. Mm. And These are oh. the questions I would ask people. It's too bad Diana Eden came in now when, when she did. It would have been nice if she had been a little earlier because that's something that none of the background documentaries behind the scenes is no one really, I don't feel has satisfactorily explained to me, why did we not just stay in Edna's Edibles? Why did, was there the need to do the over our heads thing? I think as the eighties went on is when the looks, the set, the set decorating, I think they looked at it and were like, this is early eighties set. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're looking at everything. This is when malls started to change, David. And I'm loving that she goes to a mall because I want to bring that up. That's when malls started to change their decorating from the dark and the brown to skylights and white floors. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. the mall of my early 80s was dark. Like <laughs> it was brown and gray floors and smoking inside. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Fucking, I just bought this new dress. I know it smells like smoke. Can you imagine? <laughs> because I bought it because I bought it at the mall where people yeah. fucking smoke <laughs> at Sears. Uh, fuck, can you imagine? But, but so I wonder if that's what pushed Edna, like Charlotte's choice. She's like, okay, this, I, me and a Spencer gifts for Christ's sake, come on. Yeah. And that pushed her. But I agree with you. No, no documentary has satisfactorily discussed little details that I would like. That's why I forwarded you the information about how to book Blair Warner. <laughs> if, if we could raise $10,000 on the Patreon, we could get Lisa Welchel here to tell us. That's an in-person fee. If, if there were th every website what? to book her said virtually. I got a spare bed. Please contact. How <laughs> fucking dare you? She's staying here with me so I can just look at her and stare at her. This is, it's literally a chicken or egg thing, whether was it Charlotte Ray's impending departure that made them say, we need to change the aesthetic? Or was it, we're moving to Saturday nights, we're going to be with 227 and give me a break and Golden Girls, uh, and Golden Girls is, is, hasn't started yet. We're about to launch Golden Girls. So they didn't really know was it the idea that, well, let's have this kind of younger show to kind of balance the older show, um, but but keep Cloris Leachman, you know, we, we won't just get rid of Charlotte Ray, we'll bring in someone else eventually to replace her as the, the elder of the cast. But yeah, if anybody out there knows Tutti Fruities, I know we've got some even die harder, die hard fans than yeah. you and me, uh, who may know this or may have read this, but yeah, Charlotte Ray didn't, if, even in her memoir, she talked about her desire to eventually leave the show, but we don't know if this six episode absence was just a trial run. And did they come back to her and said, no, 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 we want you all of season seven completely. We'll deal with you leaving after that. We, we don't know. 
these are the questions I wanted to ask Diana Eden. But like, obviously, if you ask me what I did on this first day 30 years ago, I'm going to be like, I, I didn't remember. It was, I, I went to work. That's what I did. Yeah. But like, I want to know, were you in the room when Charlotte announced I'm not coming back? How did she <laughs> announce it? Okay. Next question. Yeah. Did they know? Were you, were they <laughs> yeah. already, did you see a script? So like, were you like, oh, I'm thinking about Edna's edibles. And they were like, everybody come to the meeting. We're, we're blowing it up. We're <laughs> yeah. getting rid. Because the first episode for, sh for fucking Diane Eden, the set had been burned down. Exactly. How do and, you design for that? It's true. <laughs> and, and we did ask her. We're like, was there a, a, like a declaration of a, we are changing the aesthetic of the show for XYZ reasons? That's the big missing piece of the puzzle. And certainly she wouldn't have been told. She would have been like, hey, we're a show. We got young girls and we have this contemporary costuming. Go. Can't, can't think about it. Can't worry about it. You go fuck with them. You deal with the fittings. We got shit to do. It's, you know? Right. And then you think about it like that. Like she, uh, Diana would be like, bitch, I had my job. My job was, to, I wasn't writing. I wasn't in the writing no. room. She wasn't with the producers and meeting with the suits and shit. I, I showed up with receipts from fucking Ross and had them <laughs> approve the 48 blouses I bought. That's, that was my fucking job. <laughs> So I get it. I get it. But mm -hmm. I still like, I don't it's, know. Yeah, it's, it's very weird. So the episode we are talking about at length here, ladies and gentlemen, season six, episode 25, Bus Stop, which had an original air date of May 8th, 1985. Oh my God, how appropriate, David, that this aired on May 8th. And it is May 2nd, we're recording it because David, happy World Masturbation Month. Oh, is that what this is? Yes. Was it it's World Masturbation Month in 19? Was that a thing in 1985? No, it wasn't. Well, masturbation was a thing in 1985. Yeah, I but, can vouch for that. Yes. But it was not a thing. It started, all started. Um, and I like to educate because, you know, when it comes to National Masturbation Month, anything I can do to lend a hand. <laughs> what it started with was because of the firing of Jocelyn Elders by Bill Clinton, of all people. Oh, my God, that's right. I from being, I believe she was what, Surgeon General? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. And she dared to suggest that masturbation should be taught as part of sexual education. <laughs> <laughs> wow. By, Cl by Bill Clinton, of all people. Well, I hope you celebrate, David. I, I, I do. I hope you have a great one. I, I do. We should end the stigma of masturbation. I, mean, I think give yourself a hand for having something in common with everybody on the planet. Exactly. It's so it's like we just need to to take away the the mystique and this this whole veneer of uh well, I don't do that. I wouldn't it's like come on. Everybody does it. Let's just fucking accept it and move on. I mean now granted, I'm probably never going to be like, "Oh god, I can't go to dinner with you on Thursday night, David, because I'm, I'm going to masturbate on, on that night. So I'm probably not going to use that as an excuse to get out of stuff. I have. 
<laughs> but not like not like I didn't tell them like oh I'm sorry I'm late there was traffic no I jerked off way too long <laughs> yeah. before, before deciding to leave my house this is what happened <laughs> so anyway I, I was on the edge a lot longer than the planned oh, hashtag God. sorry not sorry oh. but what so, it, would it or like I've told people before I've come into a meeting and been or like a meeting of friends and been like sorry I was masturbating and being honest and they thought I was kidding so <laughs> uh. oh bless well you know what perfect segue Matthew because Thank of the you. scandal around masturbation and whether it is ever going to become a publicly accepted pastime well that relates to the fact that there is scandal surrounding this episode we end up at a bus stop. And I can't tell you how many times I've said that after um, a long <laughs> session of masturbation. Matthew, you are not going to believe this. You know that the daily motion versions of these episodes are 22 minutes because three minutes have been edited out from the original broadcast version as seen on the DVDs. I don't know why I always don't think about that while I'm watching it because I'm watching so many things when I'm watching this this. I watched it a couple times just to look, relook at things and rehear things. Anyway. Well, Matthew, guess how long this episode is on the DVD box set for which I paid money. How long? 22 minutes. <gasps> oh my God. We watched the exact same thing, David. It's like we're in love. I demand to see the manager. Okay. I want to go full Karen on this. Okay. I want to know what is missing what did the people who watched this live, meaning me, what did we see back in 1985 that is now apparently lost forever? So uh, at this point, ladies and gentlemen, I am flying blind like you. I am watching the same episode. There is no additional footage. You will not hear me reference that. And I consider that nothing less than scandalous. Yeah. You're going to have to find a shooting script from it, from the episode. Could you write a note to your close personal friend, Lisa Welchel, and ask her if she still has one? See, she still got her. <laughs> wonder how much that'll cost. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know why. I don't think my DMs are getting through. Let's just say that, David. Okay. I've, I've heard that about you. Let's get through this. We, we're, wow. We are having, Sorry. we're enjoying each other far too much today. And that's a wonderful problem to have. And the wonderful outcome will be a seven hour podcast. Jesus. So the episode's writers are story by Brian Pollock and Rick Shaw. Brian Pollock would go on to write and produce for Cheers later in the decade. This is his only Facts of Life episode. But previous to this, he comes to the table with 75 episodes of the Jim Neighbors show under oh. his belt. Okay, so, okay. So it's true, a vaudevillian writer Mm. Is, is officially here and it, and it shows in this episode i have a couple notes about some vaudevillian oh. references oh yeah so we have somebody who was writing for uh jim neighbors in 1975 a variety show so that's that's a tell right there uh now rick shaw doesn't have such credits uh the most a uh, notable thing I could find in his resume is that later after this, he would go on to be a writer, producer, and story editor on The Nanny. Hmm. Teleplay, though. These are the guys who wrote the story. They're like, okay, we're the story people. We're the idea men. Kimberly Hill, you work out the fucking details. 
Kimberly Hill, of course, is a writer, story editor, producer on the show and has been for a while, has written multiple scripts um, and directed by Judy Elterman, female director. We don't see that very often hmm. on a show starring all women. This is the third episode she's directed, previously having directed season three, episode 11, Legacy, where Blair discovers her grandpa was the president of the KKK. And season five, episode 22, All By Herself, which is notable as being the final and excellent Cousin Jerry episode. Mm. It was one of my all-time favorites, really. Um, and Judy Elterman is already on staff as uh, associate director for 54 episodes of the show. And the bulk of her career has been as a technical coordinator. We've discussed this before. Now, this is the part of the show where I put my guest on the spot. Mm. I am asking you, please, Matthew Arder, if you would provide a one to two sentence synopsis of this episode, similar to like what that which where you might see in a TV guide. Go. Okay. Okay, David, I've put thought into this because, oh, it is just maddening listening to some of your guests, I'm not going to say names, just go on for 20 minutes. And it's like, okay, I don't know what TV guide you were reading. Um, <laughs> so here it is, the plot of this episode. Um, Blair, Joe, and Tootie try to hide a graduation present from Natalie. That's what I got. Is Once again... That was a bullseye, if ever. Thank you very much for that. You're I think welcome. we're ready. Are we ready to start? Oh my God, yes. And I, I, my first comment is from the very first frame. Mm -hmm. So yes, I, I have a problem, David. With you, you have a problem? What? With not this episode in particular, not this show in particular, television shows that put no thought into the set design when they choose an exterior of a house. Oh, oh, the, the, the mismatch of the exterior versus the interior. Yeah. Like oh. that's like, just like the Golden Girls, my favorite show of all time. There's, it's not even the same porch. Like, no. it, you know, so it just, that kind of drives me crazy that mm -hmm. they, that they wouldn't decorate that set to look like, well, what is the house? porch on the house that we like mama's family did a pretty good job mama's Agreed. family did a pretty Agreed. good job but like fucking a <laughs> this is not edna's edibles <laughs> that giant bay window with the door by it they got that but then there's this anyway it's just anyway it's just yeah fun. outside edna's edibles what what we have here is it looks like it's kind of a a porch and a railing on the front of the building that we would see looking from the inside out to the, like, I'm going to Edna's Edibles. I park my car, I'm walking on the sidewalk. I now have to go up some stairs to a porch-like landing. And then I go in the door to the shop. That is definitely not reflected at any time on the interior whenever we're on the set. And what's unfortunate is the exterior looks like they it's a set that they built it looks like it doesn't look like yeah a real house and i'll give them credit from the inside you can see the exterior edna's edible sign the white sign that's True. on the front so you can see that but I, I don't know it just it bothers me it's always bothered me <laughs> like about exterior shots like not having anything to do with the set design 
while we see this exterior shot, as Matthew is being driven crazy by the visual, David is being driven crazy by the piano music intro. <laughs> Jesus. We already have had our, uh, I'm going to do my air flute. Get ready, Matthew. Mm, we've mm. had our, we've had that with the little drum in the background, like that little mm. thing. And then we even had one episode with like a, of the electric guitar, you know, shadows of things to come. Yeah. But this is, this is right in line with that. That, that fucked up transition in that other episode where we went up to the attic when Ryan was up there, uh, when Kevin, Kevin, Ryan Cassidy, and it's just this, it's like, what, again, is this all in the family? What, we're, we're going backwards in time. Uh, just makes no and sense. Television, they paid someone to sit and record that, David. It's true. <laughs> It's true when other episodes directed by, granted, this is Judy Elterman now, but other episodes direct, some of them directed by Boab, some of them directed by Kalata, where sometimes we have it, sometimes we don't. And my thing is for the quote unquote syndicated version, that would be the first thing I would chop off. I would fade into Joe sending a bookcase. And that is not a euphemism. No. <laughs> So yeah, let's get to it here. So okay. finally, we we get into the store, and Mrs. Garrett, Tootie, and Joe are sanding down a bookshelf. Mrs. Garrett has a textbook in her hand. She's kind of trying to multitask, a term that I don't think really existed much in 1985. But uh, to the show's credit, what this is telling us is Mrs. Garrett is preparing for finals because we are continuing the through line that Mrs. Garrett has gone back to school. Yeah. She We're was continuing able... the through line that Mrs. Garrett was able to be accepted to an Ivy League school. <laughs> and, and then go off on her non-honeymoon, come right. back, leave again for four days that we don't know why she left right. uh, last week. And it, it, it's like, wow, you spent a lot of time out of town. No wonder you got to cram and hit the fucking books. But uh, yeah, so the college students, Blair, who comes into the shop later, along with Mrs. Garrett and Joe, it is clear it is finals time. We're at the end of the semester. Hence, we are sanding down this bookcase to, I guess, refinish it. We don't really necessarily explicitly talk about it. But Natalie's gift is for Natalie's impending high school graduation from Eastland is that they have bought her a set of encyclopedias. Yeah. And when you buy a set of encyclopedias, Matthew, of course you buy a piece of unfinished furniture that you have to strip sand, uh, polyurethane and stain, not in that order necessarily. It's like, okay, that's, that's a very generous enhancement to an already generous gift, wouldn't you say? It is, and I took the idea that Joe built it. Oh, that's what I took away from why they were sanding it. And it was like that was that Joe had built the the bookcase. Hmm. I don't know why. Again, like you point out, they didn't they didn't say either way. Yeah. But yeah, I, I in my head, they built that. <laughs> it, well, in, it, honestly, that is possible. I can't say there's anything in the episode that contradicts that. Sure. So why I, not? I, so my note was when did any of them learn woodworking to the point where they could build that 
And is that why they finally kicked Ryan out of the attic? Because they needed to open up their wood shop. Because where the fuck would they be doing this? And Joe, I thought you were building the big float last week with the gigantic lion head and the tongue and the girl. You you got a lot of time in your hands. Right. Blair's supposed to be the artist here, right? So <laughs> suddenly Joe knows how to build a fucking decoration for a float. Mm. I don't anyway. But so, yeah, I, I was like, Jesus Christ. Oh, let me guess. Mrs. Garrett was a woodworker um, <laughs> to pay her way through middle school or something. I was a lumberjill. <laughs> but uh, what this is sort of uh, used as a device to reveal is uh, somebody says, this is going to look great in our room. And Natalie will really appreciate having these for her studies. And then someone else says, well, if she stays, if she even goes to Langley, and they're like, what? What do you mean? She has to go to Langley. That's impossible. And Tootie's like, she's my best friend. She didn't say anything. What do you know? And it's like, okay, Natalie is graduating in three days. I don't, high school was a long time ago. I'm, I'm perfectly aware of that for me. Was it just when you went, was it just in the one room? Uh, it was, yeah, Mrs. Wilder uh, was really kind. Occasionally her husband, Almanzo, would bring their baby Rose uh, yeah. if she left her little metal pail bucket lunch at home. I was just going to ask about your bucket lunch. But, okay. <laughs> so yeah, high school was a long time ago. And if I recall, by the time graduation rolled around, we knew what colleges we had been and had not been accepted to. And we had we had pretty much made those decisions and you needed to have made those decisions. Like you didn't go to your high school graduation with a, eh, I'm figuring it out. Eh, I don't know. I'm still waiting for a letter. It's like, no, 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 no. By the time high school graduation is happening, you know what you are or are not doing educationally. Especially Am I right? If, well, yeah, especially if, if you're graduating a very prestigious private girls school. Yeah. You know yeah. where you're going for college. Yeah. And, <laughs> and later, if we discover Natalie applied to Princeton thinking she wouldn't get in and she gets a letter, what, the next day? So now we're like two days away from graduation. Hey, it's Princeton. Want to come study here? We, we, we totally aren't coming to you because some people turned us down and some slots opened up. It's uh... again, Edna walked into an Ivy League school on registration day. Yes. So, <laughs> so. Com it was a community Ivy League school. Clearly, at least, at least Princeton like sent an acceptance letter. Like, <laughs> That's right. Implying she had to apply because Mrs. Mm -hmm. Garrett didn't have to apply to Langley apparently yeah and get so, accepted that would have been a great episode of her applying for fucking college like them saying when she was like i want to go back to college well you have to apply and then mrs garrett waiting to get a an acceptance letter for Christ oh yeah sake. that would that have been, been nice natalie second time we are seeing her in the eastland blue blazer i was wondering i i didn't i felt like i haven't seen the eastland outfit in a very long time you have not, but the last time we saw Natalie in her Eastland outfit, it was this, this fugly, unattractive, unflattering, double-breasted blue blazer, not the nice Blair blue blazer that we had in the earlier seasons. 
And we are going to see Natalie wearing it next week in the, I believe she wears it during her interview in the interview show also. It is just ghastly. I <laughs> Demonic blazer, I rebuke you. You are doing nothing for our girl Mindy's figure and cannot sign off on that. Um, we do have a moment where Natalie's coming and they throw like a sheet over the bookcase and we get your favorite thing, Matthew. Oh, sitcom lying. It happens so many times in this episode. Uh, oh, the whole cast leaning on what they've just covered up. <laughs> yeah, trying pay to no not draw to attention. This, pay no attention to this new thing that we're all leaning on under a cover over here, yeah. Natalie. We're all just studying because we have books in front of it. You don't see, pay no attention. These are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It. Thankfully, though, at least Natalie is suspicious. She is in a what's going on? What's happening? And then Blair and Joe swoop in. It's like, so you're going to Langley, right? You got to go to Langley. Come on. Blair is like, they have so many majors. They've got cute guys in every major. And Joe says, they have a woman's basketball team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a selling point for a certain type of uh, a lady with more than a hint of mint. Uh, but then she also agrees with Joe that the men are cute. She does agree with that. So we get another example of bad sitcom lying right away. Joe thinking Joe agreeing that the men are cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. That's a total hot piece of ass guy over yeah. there. I love penis. <laughs> I, I'd love for him to stick his man thing near my no-no paw. <laughs> anyway, so there's this just weirdness. The, the whole premise of this episode that Natalie has not yet chosen where she wants to go to college. The girls trying to sell her on Eastland. It's like, what is Langley. there to sell her? I, I'm sorry, Langley. And it's like, what is to sell? She has been living with the two of you for the past two years. She even took a course there. Remember back when she was in high school, she got the approval. She's been a fucking student there. What, what is it about the school that you think she doesn't know or understand that might inform her decision? Jesus. <laughs> okay all right okay fair, fair point fair point okay so we've got that going on two two big things two big problems right here out the gate the door sign on edna's edibles is turned to closed the store's closed <laughs> what i didn't even notice that what the f so I, I i noticed it because i was like oh this is gonna piss david off <laughs> that they're sanding this they're using the store not the house portion where they live no to do this and when natalie comes in to come home she comes through anyway oh sorry that's the that's unlocked the, the unlocked store door yeah that's and, in this scene when yeah after they've thrown the after they've thrown a sheet over the bookcase and natalie's not like what's going on nice right. sawdust on the floor i hope that doesn't get into the fucking food yeah i mean <laughs> Next, we have, <laughs> I do not think any 
set has ever looked as poorly, shoddily thrown together as this. Do I lie? My note is um, it looks like a high school stage production backdrop that they just dropped I, behind them. It is, I, it is a painted backdrop of a mall. And they think it looks like a real mall. It, I, I, uh, uh, I'm, I'm speechless. And whoever designed it, it's like, what do they have? At, oh, travel agent <laughs> on the window behind them on the window behind them, it's a sign for travel agent. Like, did this person ever been to a mall? Like, to, 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 oh, we need you to draw a picture of a mall. What the fuck is a mall? <laughs> oh, so there's well, stores there. And I guess, well. A travel agent and a, a what, a dry cleaner, <laughs> um, a butcher, butcher shop. Is that a, is that a mall thing? Um, oh. <laughs> So it is just, it is so beyond preposterous that somebody, it's like they clearly ran out of money. They were like, look, we've already committed to bringing back the parents. We got Mit Mitzi Hogue is in this show. That bitch is not cheap. For fuck's sake. Here's 10 bucks. Go to a high school and get a painted mall backdrop. Truly, yeah. it's what it looks like. So in the middle of the set though, is a some type of wooden constructed seating area like you would see in the middle of a mall for someone waiting for other people to go shopping sure. or whatever. That's fine. Yeah, I didn't mind that as much. Uh, so we get Natalie at the mall. Have we ever talked about a mall in Peekskill, Matthew? Hmm. That's a good question for, for a super fan because there are times, David, when I, I don't feel like a fan at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the same like, way. I'm like, I, I think I know everything and then I know nothing. Yeah, I had to leave a Golden Girls group because I didn't remember every single side character, their story, their full name, every line <laughs> that they said. And it's like, okay, I can't, I'm sorry. I thought I was a fan. I'm not, I guess. Um, but no, I don't know that they've ever talked about a mall, but she's talking about the 38 screen movie theater and didn't we just lose the only movie theater? <laughs> the yeah. drive-in. <laughs> like, exactly. Just like there was no other movie theaters to be found. But I don't know. So yeah, I was just thinking about malls and watching the two men in the background that I thought probably had to stand there for so long pretending to talk to each other. Oh, like bless. as an actor, they were hired to stand back there and just mimic talking to each other. Mm. And he didn't know that person. They're just two actors that just met. And they're like, we're just going to be back there talking to each other. Mm. But you can't actually talk because, yeah. you know, sound. <laughs> yeah. The, the, anyways, that's what I was focusing on. But yes, you're correct. It's a terrible set. It's a terrible set. And I don't know that we've technically ever talked about going to the mall. We've talked about the arcade. We've talked about going to the movies, not this particular movie theater. And then we had the drive-in. And don't forget, there was the episode where Mrs. Garrett was trying to deal with her level of discipline and control with, with Blair, with a little help from my friends episode. Tootie, remember, was like, well, Natalie's not here. I'm going to go to see the movie myself. And Mrs. Garrett said, wait a minute, to see a movie. That means you're going to have to get on a bus and go all the way into this other city. 
And we, there's there's a movie th- we've had them go to the movies here before. <laughs> but we digress. Yeah. Um, so we have the narrative device of Natalie sits down at the mall. She's got some popcorn left over from the movies. And there's an old man sitting there and it's the whole, hi, I'm a total stranger. How are you? I'm going through some stuff. And I guess I'm just going to talk about it out loud. These very personal things to just a complete and total fucking stranger. Yeah. How many sitcoms have used this? Oh, that's right. All of them. And he's an old man, so he's wise, obviously. The sage, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The old man, by the way, played by actor George Petrie. His career starts in 1944. He was on the original Honeymooners in the Jackie Gleason show. Uh, 143 credits in a 52-year career as a character actor. Bravo, sir. That motherfucker has some stories. Oh, my God. I wonder if we could get him on the show. <laughs> but we can't get names like that. We're not Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> oh, by the way, um, she Natalie sits down and, and tells him that she just saw Dr. Zhivago. <laughs> in a theater in 1985 at a mall. <laughs> like in a, yeah, in a multiplex at the mall. Yeah. 38 screens they make that joke because that was when like it was becoming yeah didn't just have like the two theater chains were becoming a thing and it was like come to this place 24 screens at pleasure island and they were the size of a fucking postage stamp but anyway yeah and so what this is leading up to is we've got um the, the backstory of the guy is he's basically i'm in a retirement home and my daughter and her husband bring me here every week and they think it's doing me a favor getting me out when I don't like coming here and then Natalie says well I've got something I need to tell my friends and family and they're not gonna like it I have decided not to go to college there it is okay finally we're at something meaty to sink our teeth into that's a big fucking deal. I wish they hadn't waited this long. It seems so ridiculous that this is something she's grappling with now, days before her graduation. Um, by the way, remember previously, she was so worried about her permanent record. That was the yeah. same episode with a little help from my friends. Worried about her permanent record, permanent record. That was because of college applications. Remember in Smile, her sweet boyfriend who worked at the gelato shop. She was so depressed, but didn't want to let him in to her emotions because she didn't get this internship. And she really wanted that internship on her resume for her college applications. So we do know Natalie had been thinking in terms of college at one point, but it wasn't so diehard that this contradicts that. It's just this would have been nicer if this had come in a little bit earlier. (laughs) All right. Okay, writers, take take note. I hope you hope you got your pencils sharpened. There's a lot more notes to come. So she Nat- bears her soul to the old man. So she bears her soul and says, "The thought of college, I get depressed. I know they're going to try to talk me out of it. So what I did is I applied to one school that I knew I wouldn't get into. That's my that's my plan. What could go wrong with that? Yeah. And then 
it ends up with him saying, you got to tell them, just like I've got to tell my daughter not to bring me here anymore. And it's like, you're right. We both need to face up to it. Wow. We're strangers, but we have a lot more in common than we might have thought at the beginning. And we're from different generations. Yeah. And we've got more in common than we thought. Yeah. But I, I loved the saying to a stranger, <laughs> I'm not going to college. That shocks you, doesn't it? Bitch, I don't know your life. <laughs> You could have barely made it through high school. And you're like, yeah. I'm not going to college. Okay, I get it. Are you a genius or something? I don't know. Yeah. No, it doesn't shock me. I don't, I don't fucking know you. <laughs> <laughs> and it was delivered very fast. It was, I'm not going to college. That shocks you, doesn't it? it like, there wasn't even a moment to give him a chance to react or shrug or it is, it is weird. It's there's so much weirdness about this really good idea that four girls this show is about four girls at a school and now moving on into college to say let's have one of them grapple with and decide not to go to college that's a great idea i love that they do this with natalie let's make no mistake i'm i am totally on that train it's just the execution is so like what so then we go to edna's edibles it's a surprise graduation party. Tootie is in fastidious bossy mode, as we have seen Tootie recently. We go back to Edna's Edibles for a party that they're throwing yeah. Yeah. at night because it's dark. And, it, and Natalie, just like in the first scene, comes into a dark store <laughs> to come home. Yeah, why is the door unlocked? And, and why and why would you come home to the dark side of the store, not the lit up side where people live? I agreed. We've had, oh my God, we've so had this. We've had, you know, Blair walk into the store and be like, good morning, everyone. Yeah. And it's so, like, what? You just had breakfast with them. And did you walk around the building? What the fuck? <laughs> so, yeah. And why are they having this party in the store? Why isn't it in the portion of the house where they live? Uh, I, you know, the Edna's Edibles as a function hall on top of all the other things that it is, is like, you know, that drives me crazy, but yeah. yeah. And the long and short of it is it's a graduation party. Yay, surprise. Ah. And Blair has purchased guests. Yeah. She has paid some cute boys to be there to entice Natalie further to pick Langley. Cause you know, you gotta pick this, please pick our college three days before you graduate high school. Yeah. And the fact that they're being, even Joe, Joe is being such a nudge as opposed to, could we back the fuck off and let her make her own choices here? Could we, it's so weird that everybody is on this, uh, this, this this Natalie's going to college train and we have to find out where. Yeah. It, it's so, so weird. So um, because of this big party, of course, Natalie's like, okay, I can't, the, the, the time out. Everybody in the other room. And thankfully she does grab Mrs. Garrett too. Part of me was like, oh, that's right. She's there, isn't she? You, you with the flag. <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Garrett's holding a Langley pendant. And as yeah. she goes by, I'm a great delivery. You with the flag. <laughs> it's it's amazing. But so, that, like that whole party scene though, like uh, one question for you. Is licking a cake like a, a, a sitcom trope? 
because they've got a cake there for for Natalie. And like there's this whole bit where this guy just keeps putting his fucking finger on it and to taste the icing. It does that ever happen in real life? It's like, considered either- bad form. I have pictures of me at a friend's wedding pretending that I'm doing that with their wedding cake as a joke because it's like again you're like what what, don't put your fucking fingers in the food what's wrong with you I mean this is the same generation that ate pretzels out of a bowl in a bar I get it at the chuggalug chuggalug but I just I was like I was looking at that like they make a whole bit about it and it's some of Blair's greatest work is in that scene where she's talking to the guy who Mm -hmm. keeps doing it and she's like Okay, guys, I really need you to push Langley. Could you please stop touching that cake? Yeah. And I want when you do it, just be nice about it. I will cut you to the bone if you touch that cake again. <laughs> yes. She's got such a great delivery. Lisa's so fucking good. She is amazing. Even when she's delivering the line, would you please keep your hands off the hors d'oeuvres? When he is clearly poking his finger in the cake. And that is not a euphemism no like but it's like cake and he's touching it with his but directorially director it's like why would a director let an actress turn to someone it's it's literally like saying would you put down that ball when in fact they are holding a cucumber it's it's like that is literally not the thing that you are saying it is unless you're insane it's so So anyway. yes, they so they do leave a room full of strangers alone in their place of business to like go you into do. the other room and have a private talk. Again, like you do. Why wasn't it switched? They could have had this conversation. Oh, I need to see you guys, and they go into the shop to get away from everybody. Yeah, like uh, anyway. agreed. It could have been the other way. Do we? I mean, but we do go into the. It's not like they weren't using the other set. We've had shows that only take place in the living room and we never see the store. This is not one of them. We see both. There's no yeah. reason those two could not have been swapped. Um, or at the very least have Natalie come in from the house and be like, where is everybody? And see her come into the darkened store from the house and then surprise, that's that's where the surprise is. It's in the store. <sighs> so Natalie breaks it to in. the girls. She gets yeah. them in the couch and living room. Natalie finally comes clean and says, I, can't go to Langley and I can't go to college because I want to travel instead. Joe's response, don't be an idiot. Yeah. Don't be an idiot. (laughs) Mrs. Garrett at least is, you're overwhelmed. Give it some time. Well, and excuse me, Mrs. Garrett, let's talk about snap decisions. Where's Ted? Yeah, where's where's your husband you were gonna marry in the fucking week? Yeah. So so take several seats, Edna, when it comes <laughs> to talking to people about snap decisions at yeah. this point. Maybe six weeks ago, I would have listened to you, but no, not after the <laughs> TED debacle. Bitch, you get nothing, you got nothing to say. Yeah. And Blair and Joe giving your parents your consent to get married when they've gone on like four dates over a week. Yeah. While they're both visiting you. And it's like, we, you have our blessing to get married. It's like, wait, what? But, but Natalie, you're not going to college. Well, Joe, 
adds that, well, I don't know if this is going to change anything. You got a letter today and it's from Princeton. This is when it is revealed that the one school Natalie applied to operating under the assumption she would never get in was Princeton. And she opens the letter and what happens, Matthew? I can tell you, I didn't get it. I got in. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's that typical line delivery that she's, because you know how you like to talk while you're reading. I always like to do that when I get a letter from somebody. I always like to carry on. I'm going to tell you right away, I didn't get, I got in. Like, I, it's not, it's not like it's a fucking Ed McMahon envelope. You don't open yeah. it and it goes, you got in. Like there's some reading. Yeah, you do got to do. Yeah, exactly. But it's like that's... paragraph two when they tell you. Yeah, 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 you're, you're totally right. It's yeah, they just they totally went for the laugh there for the whole surprise, because this is the moment before we go to commercial. Yeah. So mm. when we come back from commercial, they are breaking down the party because apparently Natalie walked out and revealed this to everyone said, well, I've decided I'm not going to college. And I okay. Apparently, this wasn't a graduation from high school party, Matthew. This was a you're going to college party. And well, you're not going to fuck this. I'm out of here. Right. <laughs> and and yet and yet still made enough of a mess that there needs to be cleanup. Like, yeah, exactly. like, so, OK, so apparently it was a hopping party at one point, I guess. I mean, but mm. yeah, but this is the great scene where um. They, Blair steals this scene. I'm sorry. Uh, Blair steals this whole episode for me. Well, she's furious. She and Joe are furious with her. Her line deliveries are hilarious, though. And I laughed out loud several times because of Blair in mm -hmm. this episode. Not only when she was talking to the guest at the party, yeah. but during this scene when she, Mrs. Garrett goes over and says, oh, she's just going to have to think about it. This better be good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wondered how many times Charlotte Ray has had that, taken that tone with the girls like in person because they fucking loved that woman. Oh God, like, yeah. Like I wonder how many times Mrs. Garrett as Charlotte had to sit Mindy down and be like, what are you doing? Yeah. This better be good. I wonder how many times they actually had those moments backstage. But um, when she's like, I want to see, the, you need to see the world. And Blair goes, oh, Natalie, that's a myth. <laughs> oh god the delivery and the moment she says it she she commits to it because there isn't a laugh right away and she goes that's a myth like and oh yeah. it's so brilliant yeah because it's the whole thing natalie says i want to take a year off travel and find out who i am and it's kind of like blair going oh, honey i've seen the world you're not gonna find it <laughs> yeah. You might, you, and then she goes, I'll be, get on the bus or something. And that freaks Blair out more. The bus. Oh. Yeah. That she wants to travel on a bus. And yeah, Blair's like, bus. And, <laughs> you and might that's... end up with some guy in the window seat. Oh. <laughs> and, and that's apparently where this title comes from. You realize this episode is called Bus Stop. I would have thought if you said but the episode called bus stop, I'm like, Oh, is that the one where Tootie almost becomes a sex worker? I thought I was waiting. <laughs> I was waiting for, for her to become a saloon singer and then get kidnapped by Don Murray. I kept waiting for him to be, to show up. Cause that's what happened. That's the actor that played the character in the movie that kidnapped. Um, 
Marilyn Monroe's character. Okay. Oh, 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 in the movie Busta. Oh, the, 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 I'm still not 100% sure where that's coming from. There is the play, a play called Busta by William, I think it's pronounced Inge, I-N-G-E, which became a movie starring Marilyn Monroe. But that's about, it's, it's about a bus stop. We don't, there's, there's no bus stop in this. There's a mall. Yeah. It should have been called Mall. That's what this yeah. episode needed to be titled. Or Natalie's Decision or several titles this could have yeah <laughs> take me to the mom. world quoting yeah. a stephen sondheim lyric as we all love to do weird weird title one of the weirdest and she has a confrontation with joe where they get like in each other's face and i think that um kim fields is doing some of her best acting in this scene how so she doesn't have one line <laughs> you be nice and i knew you were gonna think i was not being nice but when you watch her watching the scene she's fucking fantastic Mm -hmm. she's not stealing focus she's reacting appropriately which is interesting for her um so when you watch this again watch kim fields in the background like the, the way who she's looking at and how she's taking in this fight that's happening in front of her. She's, I, I, I meant that with sincerity. Okay. Like she's doing some of her best acting without well, saying is, a word. Yeah, well, it is a thing in, in our world of acting is that good acting is good reacting. It's, yeah. it isn't so much how you say the lines, it's what you're doing in between the times you're talking when you're supposedly listening and trying to realistically live in the moments of hearing what the other people are saying allegedly for the first time. So, well, it's good. I honestly, I didn't pay much attention because I was too much, really, I was really like, where am I on this Joe situation? Joe, as I said earlier, she says, don't be an idiot. And now Joe is a little more realistically saying, you can't turn down Princeton. Yes. They may never give you the chance to go back. You know, and she says, do you know how many kids never get a chance like this? I'm like, okay, I guess I'm kind of buying it a little bit that Joe being the scholarship student, realizing that Natalie comes from a much more privileged place. They they could have even developed this more in terms of, uh, listen here, little rich girl. I know you've had everything kind of handed to you. This is one of those times when you probably don't want to hand it back. This is not the hill you want to die on when it comes to your privilege. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I got that. But at the same time, throughout this episode, I felt like Natalie was kind of being a little bitch, you know, like a little spoiled bitch about it. Oh, you see, I I don't. That's interesting. I've thought about it a lot. You're 17. (laughs) Yeah, but here's the deal. College is not for everyone. I didn't go. And uh, well, obviously, but what I was, I regret it every fucking day of my life. Oh, that's interesting. I did go to college, Matthew. I think I could have benefited. I think in hindsight, it might've been good for me to spend a year just living, working later when we finally get Mitzi Hogue as Natalie's mother into it. She says, you're not going to get any support from me. That's where Natalie is the spoiled bitch going, wait a minute, what? That's not fair. Yeah. That would have been a great moment to say, Natalie, have Natalie go, 
I have savings, mom. I've been thinking about this and planning, and I think I've worked it out. That would have been great if Natalie had put some thought into it. I've been working 18 hours a week at Mrs. Garrett's shop. <laughs> I've got savings. I can take a year off. <laughs> but uh, okay. the thing is, her parents probably have been giving her an allowance. They probably, I, I don't think it would be crazy for now, I had savings. I had some money at the end of my senior year from, you know, birthday gifts from relatives and having a, a savings account that paid what six or seven percent interest in the 80s. Yeah. Hello. It's like that I don't think is implausible. Uh, but back to this scene as it is, I guess I I do get where Joe is coming from. But there's still a part of me that's like, if she doesn't want to go to going to college is not compulsory. And Natalie does say, I'm not saying never. I'm saying I just need time to wrap my brain around, around what I want to do with my life. I don't begrudge her that because I think I could have benefited from that. All right. That's just what, it's where I am. The only Natalie fault I can find is that when, when mom says, we're not going to support you. And, and she acts like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah, I didn't like that either. No, did not like that. That That's a problem. That's a rewrite going in the time machine. So then we do go into the next scene where it's up in the bedroom and this is where mom comes in. This is graduation day. Yes, Blair is moving the encyclopedias into the closet. Mm hmm. Because, well, <laughs> this gift does not apply. If you're not going to college, you can't own encyclopedias. Fuck that. Yeah, this isn't a graduation from high school present anymore. Mm -hmm. This is a you're going to college present. Like the party. Exactly. But <laughs> but Blair's got so many great lines that when she's like walking across the set going, no, I'll get it. I enjoy moving encyclopedias. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm fine. No problem. Got it. I got this. Nope. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. And finally yeah. off for her player. She goes, oh, now that I'm bad down to the Z's. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo I love Lisa Welchel. She is great in this really and truly. And as a supporting Hope, player, not pulling yeah. focus, just lending her support and doing awesome things with what she's given. Yeah, yeah agreed. And more sitcom lying when Mindy Hogue enters because they shove the final one under Blair's bed. So Natalie doesn't see the encyclopedia, but Blair's so fucking funny. She goes, oh, I, you're right, Joe. This, I don't think this bed frame is gonna crack. And she goes, but, <laughs> but she stands up and looks like, but I don't know, I don't know. Like, it's actually really funny, her sitcom lying, the way she, <laughs> Oh God, I, I actually laugh when she turns and goes, but I don't know. Ah, yeah. <laughs> brilliant acting. No, she is. And I loved her anyway. Agreed. So let's talk about Mitzi Hogue as Natalie's mom, Evie Green. The wonderful. The wonderful. Dear Departed, this is her third and final appearance as Natalie's mom. We never see her again. We saw her last year when Natalie's father died in season five. And then two years before that, when Natalie decided to seek out and meet her biological mother. I can't believe she's only been three episodes. Yeah, of I a know. 10 year fucking run. This bitch is in three episodes. And in my head, it's like people when they find out that um, Paul Lind as Uncle Arthur was only on two episodes of Bewitched. 
Oh, it was more than that. It was like nine, I thought. Wasn't why it? You, why don't you ask a No, I'm sorry. But you're, no, it's just, exactly, you're totally right that Paul Lind, you're like, wait a minute, he wasn't, you know, Steve Martin. It's like, he wasn't a cast member in the original SNL. Right. Steve Martin hosted a few times over the years, but a lot of people kind of think of Steve Martin as being one of the early SNL people. And it's like, no, he was never a regular. Okay, he was in 11 episodes. But the point is... <laughs> I'm exaggerating to make my point. <laughs> well, say, what was your point? Is that is that Paul Lind? The point is like that these people are so ingrained and maybe it's just me. Like you probably asked the average person who was Natalie's mom on Facts of Life. They'd be like, who? I don't fucking know. But like, and she's ingrained in my head as Natalie's mom. And I can't believe I've only met her three times. Mm -hmm. And her obituary said, Mitzi Hogue, Facts of Life star, dead at 84 or whatever age. She, I mean, it was in the headlines was that she was the Facts of Life. And it's like three episodes, guy. So mom comes in, the girls clear out. And she's like, well, let's talk about this. The girls already told me. And this is where Natalie says, I will go to college. I promise. But first, I want to experience a little bit of life. Now, Valid point made by Mitzi. It would be different if you weren't such an excellent student. Absolutely. Natalie was smart. Natalie, as the writer, if she wants to become a writer, it does make sense. You go to college and learn how to be a better writer. Truly. I get that. I'll give the episode that. But then we get the mother going, this is one time when I can see more clearly than you can. Thank uh, you. Uh, you know, you don't understand this and this is going to affect you for the rest of your life. No, it's not. You can take a fucking year off and then go to college. Guys, what the shit? What kind of upper class privileged white people bullshit is this that's being spewed as though it is chapter and verse? Oi. I, I'm, again, as the adult that didn't go to college and regrets it, I am, I am more on Natalie's mom's side than I am Natalie's side in this. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, this is great. This is where- Because our... I am now unemployed at my age with no education, David. Oh. I can't put a degree on a resume that requires the degree to even apply. Yeah. I get it. I do get it. And that's honestly- that's my privilege coming into play. The fact that it was kind of a foregone conclusion that I was going to go to college and people say, well, why did you go? I say, because it was the next thing to do after high school and I didn't know what else to do. It was just this, this natural and, path. And I wasn't a great student. I was going to end up at the community college in Fort Wayne, still living with my parents. So literally the day after I graduated high school, I moved to Florida. Mm-hmm to work it to start working and then the next week i started a 25-year career at a theme park oh. that has yep. ended and now i have no education <laughs> well your experience is your education but similarly that's not gonna get that's not gonna get me an interview oh <laughs> uh, i guess i guess i, I it, mean, ha it hasn't <laughs> yeah no no i i hear you i totally hear you it's... so yeah i'm sorry i am on mrs green's side on this but i'm okay. not on natalie's side when it comes to the 80s when girls were putting their mortar boards literally on the back of their neck because of their fucking hair 
she's wearing her her graduation outfit during this mm-hmm. scene. Okay. And she's got her mortarboard on, which is the hat. Uh-huh. And it's literally on the back of her head. It might as well be on the back of her neck. Yeah. It's so back because she doesn't want to mess up her hair and her bangs. Mm-hmm. So I remember when like fucking people would just literally pin their mortarboard into their hair. Yeah. On, and it would be on the back of their head because the bangs were so big in the 80s. Oh, I remember. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that made yeah, me laugh. and those hats are the fucking worst. They're terrible. Why they don't they... fit anybody? They have an elastic, like it's like a mini shower cap with a goddamn clipboard. Yeah, it's it's terrible. I don't get where that look ever came from. Why we still do it? It's it's crazy. It really is because we're still educating people like it's eighteen fifty. <sighs> True. That's why we still do it. True. Anyway, so mom drops. Uh, you know how important it was to your father. Oh, drop that. That is a good Jewish mother writing right mm-hmm. there. If I, if I can't get you to see my way, I'll just guilt you into it. The only yes. thing would have been, would have been better is if it were more passive aggressive. Oh, if she yeah. Had, if she <laughs> had said, okay, that's fine. Go ahead, travel. I wonder what your father would think, but you know, he's mm-hmm. dead. So we it's can't true. see yeah. him. And then she would have walked out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there would, there no, would have been you... no, I love you. No, exactly. <laughs> Go ahead. See the world in a greyhound. <laughs> <laughs> I, ho- I hope it was worth it. And... I hope. Yeah. Hope you have a good time. I, I really hope you enjoy yourself. I hope you find yourself because I don't know where you are. I don't recognize you. There is no Natalie. She is dead to me. I won't know how your trip went because this is going to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing I was thinking about. I was like, this would have gone very differently if that were an actually a Jewish mother had written yeah. that scene. Yeah. So with that scene, Natalie basically just says, I'll go. Fine. I can't stand it anymore. You want me to go to college? I'll go to college. <laughs> and it's like, ah, good. I want you to be happy. This will make you happy for the rest of your life, the mother says. I love you, Nat. And Matt and 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 Natalie does say, I know. And they do share a hug. But part of me is just like, really? You're okay. You think she's going to excel at her studies when she just is literally throwing up her hands, going, fine, I'll go to college. Uh, it's like okay wow there's a there's a recipe for success well she's not going tomorrow she has time to get her head around it yeah yeah yep go to college Nat. don't tell me you haven't traveled you've been to paris yeah (laughs) you've seen the fucking world going to paris is like seeing the entire globe so there so then we go down to the living room and Mrs. Garrett and the girls are affixing a giant bow to the bookshelf, now finished, fully stripped, stained, primed, painted, and sealed, and it has the encyclopedias in it. And am I right, Matthew, that they removed the dining room table? That the dining room table was not there so that this bookshelf with the encyclopedias could be there? I didn't notice that. I was too busy noticing that Joe is wearing her Piano Man costume. Oh, <laughs> Joe's apparently gonna gonna do her nightclub act later. <laughs> it had to be you. 
There is. You're right. That's gone. Look, uh, we just pulled up the video. I am right. They took the dining room table and four chairs out of the house to have a place to put the bookcase with the encyclopedias in it. Ugh, and what? I just realized Natalie's wearing socks with high heels, it looks like. And Blair's got on blue pantyhose with her blue dress and her blue shoes. Mm. Oh, 1985. But thankfully, Joe's ready for a concert. Yeah. Ugh. Joe's ready to do her stand up set in between Ellen DeGeneres and Paula Poundstone and then sit down at the piano and belt out a baleful ditty. Uh, uh, so so then Natalie. yeah so we have this scene downstairs and then Evie comes in and this is I guess they needed this scene to be Natalie's mother was only seen briefly with the girls mostly this is the point where we get Mrs. Garrett and Evie in in interacting but then we go back up to the bedroom Natalie's up there now in her cap and gown and uh, Tootie enters and we do have a lovely really nice friendship reaffirming scene where they say basically things are going to change if whatever you end up doing even if you end up going to college we could drift away and they talk about it. it's going to take some work and the last lines of the scene is i'm ready and so am i and they hug and they didn't grow apart david they were they're still friends and that kind of touched my heart a little bit i know <laughs> i know there was a point earlier in the series where they had a moment of I guess it was when Blair and Joe, they were leaving the room over the cafeteria and they were like, guys, we, we are going to be friends. We're going to be in each other's, we're going to be in each other's lives forever. I'm getting emotional now too. Cause it's and like, they are, they are, that's, it's pretty crazy. And I am such a goddamn nerd. And then she ruins it by saying, oh, the mimeographed letters because she talks about how like they'll only hear from each other at Christmas time. And that's when you mimeograph the same letter oh, and send it right. to everybody. So here's a good mimeograph reference, kids. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. I got the last scene, the scene with Natalie's mom and the scene with Tootie um, confused. As my, far as Natalie yeah. didn't have her cap and gown on yeah, yet Natalie, in the scene with she her wasn't, mother. She wasn't naked in the scene with her mother, but she no. didn't have her cap and gown on. Yeah, yet. she had clothes on. That we can confirm, yes. Yeah. So then after this touching nice uh, Natalie Tootie moment, we come back down where, where Natalie comes down and then I have something to say. It's, it's a speech. It's like I have a speech, a declaration to make. And she says, I can't go to college yet. Know how I said I would three minutes ago? Well, I'm back to the no here. But this time, I think I can explain why. And I'm going to quote this now, this Matthew, I pulled these, these words out of the transcript website. I've been going to private schools all my life, and I need to take time to look at where I'm going. My education prepared me for a world I haven't even seen yet. So I realized why. Then I realized it doesn't matter why. It only matters how I feel, even if it means I'm going against the people I care about the most. That was the worst part. I'm scared, but I know I have to do it. Well, I have a new monologue for when I go back to auditioning in person, Matthew. When I when I walk into the room, I this is the slam dunk as far as I'm concerned, you know. Mm. And 
after this speech, okay, Natalie, we get it now. Natalie's mother, you have my full support. Can I write you a check right now? Your father would be so proud of you. We all love you. Fuck Princeton. I hate that school anyway. It's like, the, uh, they turn on a dime. That's what happens when you have 23 minutes to, <laughs> to, to wrap up an episode. Yeah. Blair and Tootie and Joe almost in unison go, we're happy for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Natalie says, okay, give me my present. And they're like, the present is predicated on you going to call. What do we do? Finally, she says, give me the fucking present or I will kill you. I'm paraphrasing. And they show her it's encyclopedias. And she says, it's beautiful guys. I love this. And they're like, but you can't take it with you if you're going to travel. And Natalie says, tell you what, I'll take the Atlas. And whenever I get lost, I'll think of you. Yeah. And they say close enough. And it's like, "Mm, everything is all in good and right and true and pure in the world of the facts of life. Did you notice that Mrs. Garrett got the mother line and what, what? not Mitzi Hogue after she um, accepted <gasps> and hugged? She walks, she walks over to by Mrs. Garrett. <clears throat> and Mrs. Garrett is the one that says, Natalie, you grew up. How could you do that to me? <laughs> that I felt like was a mother line. And that Natalie, is Natalie says you're partly to blame. Yeah. Which yeah. is a lovely moment. But it again, is. now when you think about that, was that her last scene with Mrs. Garrett before she went on this vacation? Like, ah, like, mm. yeah. And, and not knowing the show is coming back. Yeah. That's it. This, this could have conceivably been the final moment with Charlotte Ray and the girls that was a sweet little scene. She's going to take the Atlas, David. Mm-hmm. I did like that. I did like that bringing the encyclopedias back to the, because every encyclopedia had that. That was a special like volume at the end after Z, remember? <laughs> Look that up in your funkin' Wagnall. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Well, uh, David, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think a terrible episode. Um, the, the emotions, particularly towards the end, they are nice, the, particularly that Tootie and Natalie scene. I It needed that badly. But so much of the nuts and bolts of it and, and at the beginning is like, oh my God, it just makes me, I, I feel like I've taken crazy pills. It's, oh, I can't wait till you watch when Tootie graduates from high school next season. Because <laughs> not only do we get yeah, uh, think about it. These writers, these freaking people had to come up with four different graduation stories mm-hmm. because like, even if they weren't the writers then, they were like, oh wait, you've already done a graduation episode? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh... How do we complicate it this time? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Including Blair and Joe. One. Blair and Joe have to graduate from Langley too. Isn't, isn't that an episode? Honestly, I don't remember that episode, if it is off the top of my head. But when Tootie graduates, not only do we get Tootie, who do we get, David? We get Tootie's mom. Oh, we get Chip. Chip is back. Well, my sweet. I'm coming back in two episodes, aren't I? 
That's right. We have one more episode for season six, and then it will be the Matthew season seven extravaganza over our heads. And it is a two-arter, David. It could technically be considered a three-arter, because isn't the third episode the grand opening? Yes, it is. And I didn't want to bring it up, but we may have another situation where, like we did when Blair wasn't going to live with them. I may need to do three episodes so we get you set on the track of actual facts of life. I'm just throwing that out there, David. I've already thought about it. (laughs) Okay. Well, I've already thought about it too. And uh, that's what's going to happen. That's a done deal. I have to be there for the opening, for their mm. huge opening. Yeah, oh. I know you love a huge opening, Matthew. Oh, yeah. So, Matthew, let yeah. us say I will be talking to you in two weeks. Listeners, you can expect more Matthew Arder magic coming up for season seven, episode one. But next week, we have to wrap up season seven with another special guest. And I look forward to that and to having you back, Matthew. Smooches and goodbye. Bye, David. And there you have it. That was Matthew once again, ever, as always. He's just Matthew. Mm-hmm. Next week, I'm going to be watching Season 6, Episode 26, The Interview Show. You can watch the show ahead of time for free at dailymotion.com. I'll post the link in the show notes and on this episode's webpage. That's all for this week. Thank you guys for listening. And remember, the facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was created, produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, David Almeida. My theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Visit my website, facethefactspod.com, for supplemental photos and videos, audio extras from the digital cutting room floor, links to my social media, and ways that you can support the show financially. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever fine podcasts are found. Tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts. <laughs>